Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. What is up, guys? It is an early morning on the West Coast NFL strategy show, but there is one thing in life I would wake up for, and that is some sponsor content for Superdraft, the site you should be playing on. We'll tell you more about some of their big deals and promotions going on for the big game, as they like to call it, a special name they came up with for Sunday. I'm Chris Baggs, joined once again by the man you're going to want to walk you through the finer points of Superdraft and some of the big prize pools they have up top, as well as the rest of Sunday's big game. He's Alex Baker, better known as Osmo. How are you doing, Alex? Doing good, man. Uh, I've been playing a lot more in Super Draft ever since they got the Caesars money, and man, I've, I've been having some luck over there. So I'm excited about these Super Bowl contests, and um, they got some really big ones, like this four thousand dollar entry that has three hundred k to first. Probably, if you're watching this, like not many people are going to enter that, but there's some other good ones too, like a couple twenty k's first. Uh, you can definitely throw it out on Super Draft. 
Yeah, they have some 20K to first $4 entries over at superdraft.io or by downloading Superdraft in the App Store. And the main thing with Superdraft, let's hit it up top. Uh, as Alex mentioned, they have a new partnership with Caesars Rewards that's going to transform the DFS industry forever. And it starts with a big game on Sunday where their prize pools are over $1.3 million and counting. The chance has been never better for you to make money on the DFS site, low rake, high stakes contests as well. And are going to be having a lot of overlays as Superdraft grows. Really, the main thing they're trying to do over there is get you guys in the door. So you Use the promo code AWESOMO21. The deposit match $50. If you deposit $50 on there immediately with that promo code AWESOMO21. So put that in when you sign up at superdraft.io or by downloading Superdraft in the App Store. We also have a big giveaway coming up later today, which you guys are getting to hear about first. But we have another Superdraft sponsored show for NBA Live Before Lock. It'll be me and Terry later today. And apparently we're giving away 100,000 Caesars rewards credits to one lucky winner. Uh, It's a $1,000 value. So tune in there. Find out how to win and uh, pay attention because Superdraft is going to be doing a lot of stuff with us as they make their entry into the big three. And Alex, right away, let's talk about Superdraft generally. We're going to talk about the games as well, uh, more specifically, but um, let's talk about kind of the format here because we were discussing before the show. It's sort of similar to the, the DK showdown format where you are getting a multiplier for a captain spot, but also you're still getting the regular Superdraft multiplier on top of that. So how does that change the picture for you, Alex? Has it changed the, the correlations and all of that, the things that we've known and, and really taken to heart over DK? case showdowns over the last few years yeah i mean it's a lot different because you can pick any players like in combination with one another and i mean the multiplier kind of does all the work on the back end so kind of levels the playing field for who the best plays are but because football has so many correlations like being able to access like every single combination of players makes it a totally different game where if you're going to make a Brady or sorry, a Mahomes Kelsey Hill stack on another site, like it's probably pretty impossible to to make that work with the salary cap. But here on super drafts, I mean, you could do it. You're just not getting as many points when each of them scores. So it's an interesting trade-off. So then is that sort of changed things? Because I think the one thing that we've seen a lot of the, the showdown experts talk about, something that we've sort of beaten down. And again, we're going to go very general here to start, get more specific as we go. And make sure you guys hit the like button too to A, support Superdraft, and B, support us doing this show here. And hopefully giving you guys a little bit of an edge on a site that people really are going to be easy for you to find an edge as long as you're paying attention on it. Um, so go to superdraft.io or download Superdraft in the App Store. But are we looking at a different sort of construction here where, you know, for DraftKings, I think a lot of the, you know, the philosophy there has been historically to put a wide receiver, put a tight end, put at least a pass catcher at captain, and then sort of, you know, let that rising tide go and then get your correlations right with the rest of it, where you're probably playing your QB there. You're not getting too many pass catchers in the mix. Um, I'm just wondering overall, is this something where you're looking at it completely differently for super draft because of the multiplier and the fact that, you know, uh, I'm trying to think who would be get a jump, but I think the lesser receivers get an even bigger jump, but sort of the mid tier of guys where you're getting a Mike Evans at a 2.35 X multiplier at captain um, or the the CHP spot for them. Um, Chris Godwin, at 2.45 X, like, are you then grading these guys a little bit more where it's not equal footing for any pass catcher? It's more, if this guy is a multiplier, then you're more inclined to get there. Definitely. I mean, a, a huge thing in fantasy is the upside. So we talk a lot about how you like lower tier players, like it's hard for them to score 30 points in a normal fantasy scoring system. But then you throw in Sammy Watkins at 2.4 times the number of points. That means you're getting um, 14, 
and a half points per touchdown. Like, so uh, comparing that to Kelsey, who's 1.3x, that is uh, 7.8 points per touchdown. So you're getting almost twice as many points when the touchdown happens. I mean, the chance that Watkins scores that touchdown are a lot lower, but if you pick him that day, he's he has a pretty good chance of being the highest scorer on the slate. So then how low are we willing to go here? Because normally, you know, I think for the most part, and I, I don't want to speak out of turn here because it's different strategies for different people, but the Scotty Miller tier of players for the most part gets overlooked. But on Superdraft, he's going to be a, a pretty hefty multiplier. Where did he go? 3.3x multiplier in the captain spot um, for, uh, let's see, McCole Hardman. He gets to a 3x multiplier from the captain spot. Are, are these guys viable as captain plays or are they more guys that you would mix in as filler in one of the flex spots? So the one big difference with Superdraft, I mean, we're talking a lot in showdown strategy about avoiding duplicated, duplicated lineups because you don't want to split those prizes. There are two factors on Superdraft that work a lot different. One is that the, player, uh, the number of entries are a lot smaller, so that just means less dupes off the bat. But then the number of ways you can combine the players increase exponentially compared to drafting as a FanDuel because you can pretty much pick any five players. Um, so that devalues the bottom end of the range a lot. Guys like Scotty Miller or Tyler Johnson that aren't going to see the field very much. Um, I think you can stick to mostly the the guys who are going to be on the field most of the game or like a kicker, for instance. Um, I think... It, kind of limiting it to the guys that are going to average maybe eight or nine points at least as the base, or maybe that's a little too high, but uh, guys who have a solid expectation, you don't have to go beyond those. You don't have to go to like the deep flyers on super draft. So then the, you mentioned the kickers here, and that's one thing we can touch on too, because kicker is always a, a controversial topic that I know you've extolled the virtues of in some of the single game formats for the other sites in the past year. And we do have a Harrison Butker, a 2.25x multiplier, uh, Ryan Suckup, a 2.3x multiplier when they're in that spot. How are you feeling about those guys as plays? Like, are they going to be better plays for you? And that's at the regular spot too. At at a captain spot, they'd be a 3.4x for Butker and uh, suck up a 3.45x. Are these guys more in play for you than usual because of the, the increased multiplier here? Where I know you've talked a lot about how they normally have one of the steadier floors in terms of their median projection. And, you know, you can sort of, I think in a lot of these uh, showdown slates, you can put them in for, you know, 10 fantasy points and have them a better chance of having get there or getting there rather than, you know, some of those $100 guys, $200 guys that people always like to throw in and probably end up wasting a little bit of ownership on. Does Butker and Suckup get more appealing to you on Superdraft? I presume more in a flex spot than a captain spot. For sure, yeah. I think that people hate rostering the kickers when they could roster like a star player instead. So uh, in my projections uh, with the multiplier included, I have Harrison Butker projected for more fantasy points than Leonard Fournette and Clyde Edwards-Alaire. So I have a feeling a lot less people are going to be stoked about throwing Butker in their lineup than those guys. So I have a feeling the the kickers are going to be pretty low-owned. The nice thing about kickers in football is when a kick, a field goal kick happens, that means a touchdown didn't happen. So that means that drive was less productive uh, from a fantasy scoring standpoint to other players. So the kickers tend to perform well when there aren't a lot of touchdowns in a game. And 
uh, you don't necessarily need to put up a huge fantasy score in those games to have the best possible lineup. So I'm definitely, when I'm picking a kicker, I'm targeting a game that's a little less exciting. So the same token, uh, one thing, and, and you also, I'm curious your thoughts on this kind of holistically, but for me, one thing that I've done during showdown this year, which has been helpful, I think, you know, I had a pretty good showdown run this year and had a couple of the the expected first place chops with all of my friends there splitting the money in some of the tournaments. But I, I think one thing that's been helpful for me is sort of dialing down of the construction, figuring out, you know, the correlations and all that. And one thing that's been helpful is not playing one kicker max, playing one defense max has been something that's sort of made my lineups have the, the normal story that we try to tell here, even when I'm optimizing a large batch are you more willing to go to two kickers because of the fact that the kicker multiplier is so high for these guys now or is it still mostly where you're expecting them to not rise together because of the fact that they do tend to draw from each other yeah i think you can go to both kickers it's not something i'd be real stoked about doing but the multiplier factor definitely works in their favor on super draft because the big knock against the kickers in regular format is that you can only get a maximum of five points per play and those 50-yard-plus field goals are pretty uncommon. So you're really talking three to four per – and that's like on a good drive. So the fact that they have a 2.3 multiplier, that means you're getting like seven points per field goal to, to nine, and that really ups the upside of the kicker. Okay, so yeah, so definitely uh, an interesting thing to keep in mind here with the kickers. And as Alex mentioned, uh, with his projections, which we have, which are available as part of that NFL Express package, I think it's just uh, three ninety five. dollars I have that, don't have that data in front of me right now. Uh, but a very cheap deal here for the NFL, uh, NFL Express package will get you the super draft projections, as well as all of our other data for the Super Bowl slate uh, coming up across all the other sites. So make sure you go to osmo.com slash join and see what we have available on there. Um, the defenses, Alex, are you inclined to play defenses more? Because the kickers, I think, do immediately jump up as being a little higher projection. But um, actually, are defenses even in play at all in Super Draft? Uh, now, this is something I'm learning defenses. as we go. <laughs> yeah, I wish, man, because I love the defense and special teams. But I know a lot of players don't. Huh. So I, I can't, can't hate that they left it out of the player pool here. That was obviously me just setting you up for this prompt. <laughs> it's funny because like I had done my prep yesterday to go through your projections and see where the, the some of the guys are that I think appeal the most to me. And I was like, wait a minute, I didn't see a single defense. And I just thought I was the idiot. And apparently I'm still the idiot, no matter how that turned out. <laughs> Uh, but Super Draft, uh, some big tournaments going on. Again, SuperDraft.io. Download SuperDraft, the App Store. Uh, some of the other tournaments, Alex mentioned the Super Million big game for them, which is 300 k to first and a $4,000 entry fee. So if you want a big ball on there that's one way and uh, probably, I would say, a decent chance of getting some overlay in that one. But also the 100 k Hail Mary is 20 k to first. That's just the $4 entry. 100 k Red Zone is 20 k to first. That's a $20 entry. So lots of tournaments on there for you guys to get in, which honestly will probably have a good amount of overlay with 27,500 entries needed in the four dollar one that uh, seems unlikely to get where they need to go um but you know we'll see but obviously playing over at super draft for the most part high chance of overlay for you guys uh, let's get into the plays more specifically in this game alex it does seem like it's one where at least on paper the defenses uh really do give up a lot to the pass tampa bay's defense we remember earlier in the year getting absolutely killed by tyree kill that's one spot that should see a lot of people owning tyreek across the industry um also on kansas city side you know you have to assume tampa bay has a decent chance of trailing here um with a high total game it does seem like the passing work should be there they've also been a very pass heavy team all year long both in terms of their touchdown production and their actual per play production so how are you handling this build overall alex where um you know 
pass catchers, always a positive for these showdown single game formats, but also, you know, it, it's a game too, where that's going to be the way everybody builds. So how, what's the one thing right away that could be a way to get different? Yeah, I think everyone's going to target the passing game here because I mean, when you think Kansas city and Tampa, they're both very pass heavy teams. I think both are top five in the pass rate. Um, so the interesting thing about this matchup is Kansas City's strength is passing and Tampa Bay's strength is pass defense. Or I guess it's just defense as a whole. More run defense than pass defense, but still a strong defense. So that, that'll be an interesting matchup. I can't, kind of tend to favor Kansas City in that one because the they've been just exceptional passing the ball. Well, they're kind of a mediocre team at running the ball. And Tampa is really strong versus the run. So that does seem like it's kind of a downgrade to Clyde Edwards, Alaire, and Daryl Williams. Well, what are you making of the run game in, in Kansas City? Well, I think the thing with Tampa Bay is that whenever you play a guy against Tampa Bay, uh, for the most part, because everybody knows the run defense is good. You can sort of look at the most cursory numbers, like the yardage per game, which is not one that, you know, I think is always predictive, as you've talked about a lot throughout the year. Uh, But still, you know, 81 rushing yards per game. I think people see that and they run away. But, you know, and I think we've all seen during the playoffs, you know, teams have had bad results. And Aaron Jones, I thought, was a very high owned, but should have been contrarian play going against Tampa Bay in the NFC title game. And uh, we saw he didn't have the best results in that spot and then ended up kind of uh, one of the bigger busts of the slate. So I think there's value in trying to get to an Edwards Hilaire, get to a Darrell Williams, who's um, these guys had basically a 50 50 split when Edwards Hilaire was back last game. Um, I just think, you know, getting to more than one seems like not a great option, but I'm curious your lean here because I think I would still favor Darrell Williams based on what we've seen so far, but I'm trying to see the multipliers here, I think are, let me just pull them up real fast. Uh, Edwards Hilaire, you have him projected a little bit better here with the 1.7x multiplier on him. Darrell a 2.1x multiplier. So yeah, again, same thing here as the other sites. I think I would favor Darrell just because of him looking better and having the better multiplier. But do you have a lean between the two? If you if you really had to choose, though, obviously if you're playing a bunch of lineups, you're probably going to get a mix of both. Yeah, I think this one's really tough because in the championship game, Darrell Williams saw... Or is it Daryl? I always get confused there. Anyway, he saw uh, 13 rushing attempts to Ilair's six. And then in the past game, uh, Daryl Williams saw 30% of the routes, while Clyde Edwards Ilair saw 48%. So it was interesting because they were leaning at Daryl Williams more in the run game and Clyde Edwards Ilair more in the pass game. Um, so I th- that makes it tough. But going back to the whole season, uh, Clyde, Clyde Edwards-Alaire was always heavily featured in the games where he was active. And this past game was the first one coming off of a long injury. So I'm kind of thinking it'll swing more in Clyde Edwards-Alaire's favor, but that depends on how they're playing out in the field, where if Darrell Williams is having a better day. It wouldn't be surprising at all to see him out on the field for most of the crunch time. So that one's tough. One thing I don't mind is maybe playing them both too and just hoping that Kansas City absolutely dominates the game. And then like if they they don't rush the ball a ton, but if they did uh, get a big lead and then they're rushing the ball like 30 to 40 times, I think both of them could get there. So that would be one angle I might look at, but 
the chance of that happening seems a little bit low. So, um, do, how do you handle like the game script? Do you like try to go for a blowout kind of win in some lineups, and then a close game in others, or how do you build your your, uh, your lineups? So for the most part, I'm grouping just, you know, based sort of agnostically and hoping that it's sort of that the grouping process helps that go where, you know, for me, I, I normally have a cap of, I think it's uh, two skill position or two pass catchers uh, plus the QB and then can only get one of the running backs. And that's obviously, you know, going to limit some of this. We we're talking about where if a team is ahead and you also have the 50-50 split, um, I'm probably not going to capture that, or at least, you know, historically. But I think, you know, with the multipliers, I could see getting there a little bit more. I just don't, I think with the way that Tampa Bay passes, I, I think I would still not feel the most confident in two running backs getting there because I think they're still going to be able to put enough pressure where I don't think it's a spot where CEH and, and Darrell Williams both uh, do, you know, get a heavy volume, a heavy volume enough, especially against this defense to, to get the results. So I think I would still be less inclined to play both, but um yeah, I, I, I could see the logic in that. I just don't know that that's, I guess that's one build that does sort of factor for a Chiefs, a high Chiefs success rate, which I think is the most likely outcome here. And obviously Vegas does as well with the spread and all that. But I think to me, it's still, I would want to get heavier on the pass catchers. And I guess that's the question I would have for you too. If you are going to play both running backs, then are you willing to go or are you getting then like a Tyreek at captain? Because you're sort of assuming then that Tyreek or Kelsey puts it down in a major way, or I guess Mahomes as well. And then you're sort of expecting that the trickle down effect is that a CEH or a Darrell gets more touches as a result. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, if I'm playing both of them, I'm going to definitely have four Chiefs to one Tampa Bay Buck because we're really projecting a ton of Kansas City projection production in that case. So I think going to like Mahomes plus Kelsey or Mahomes plus Hill with the other spots makes a lot of sense. So I, I kind of like that that thought there. And uh, I, I do think now that I'm thinking this through a little bit more, like it's uh, it's a tough matchup for the running backs in general. So like kind of thinking the chances of them both succeeding on a day maybe. A little bit lower than I'm making it out to be here. So maybe I'm just getting a little bit optimistic. I mean, that's the thing with the super draft positional flexibility where you can play anybody. So you do, you know, I think there's a little bit of a temptation to get more creative in there. And that is sort of the appeal of super draft when we talk about it uh, with the multiplier format where Alex mentioned it earlier, but you could play all the stars here, just getting a, a degraded multiplier on some of them. Uh, guys like Patrick Mahomes is going to be a one X flat. Uh, so that's sort of the, the risk that you're taking there is that he can have a great day, but is it as good as one guy getting a 1.3 X or even a two X multiplier on their spots? Um, so that's sort of the, the difference there in super draft. One question that I have for you, Alex, and this is one that I think has been uh, you know, maybe a bit of an edge, but also a bit of a, a daunting thing for people jumping in on Super Draft is that the ownership isn't something that we figured out that anybody out there has really figured out. So for a showdown where, or you know, single game format where the ownership is so important, normally we're trying to figure out how to get you know a little bit of a guy that's going to be lesser owned but has a good projection on him. How are you accounting for that on Super Draft, and or are you accounting at all? And just are you trying to play the best plays because the field isn't sharp enough for ownership to matter as much? Yeah, since I haven't really done a ton of research on ownership, I'm just going to go into Fantasy Cruncher and run some crunches and just hope that it at least resembles the way people are building lineups. I'm kind of thinking I'd be interested to hear your intuition here that. People are going to gravitate a lot to the star players, like especially hand builders, where I, I think Mahomes, Brady, Kelsey, Hill, Evans, Godwin, and, and Antonio Brown, 
and to a lesser extent, Fournette and Allaire are all going to be really high owned. Everyone else, I don't think people are going to click. So I think like the kickers are going to be super low owned, uh, except in my lineups, of course. Uh, guys like Gronk, I guess Gronk has a little bit of name value, like. Um, but the thing is, like a lot of the guys that that aren't as big names, like they're not very likely to succeed either. So I would think Mahomes, Kelsey Hill are the most popular players on the slate. What do you think? Yeah, I think to me that seems like a, I would say an obvious one to take away that um, because of the fact that Tampa Bay's pass defense is so bad. And I think that's something too, that we sort of have seen some inhibitors too in the playoffs, but overall, you know, Tampa Bay given up 250 passing yards a game. And I think if you look on a, uh, you know, a per matchup basis, these guys, you know, that I have shadowing players, um, like Carlton Davis was shadowing some guys during the playoffs. It's just yards per route covered is terrible. Sean Murphy bunting is going to be seeing a lot of Tyree kill. He gives up 1.4 yards per route covered. So I think this is one spot where like these guys are going to be chalky, but it's well-deserved. So my inclination is to try to get different by getting a kicker in or getting, you know, I think a McCole Hardman is one that really jumps out to me knowing that um, he's going to see less ownership, probably less interest because of Sammy Watkins potentially being back in the mix, but he's still, you know, a game breaker type guy at a three X multiplier. And I think getting one guy like that in there would be the approach that seems the most optimal to me is just getting different in one spot, because I think this is really a slate where the chalk could easily put distance like immediately because of the matchup. Definitely. The thing that scares me about some of the guys uh, that aren't chalky is that Sammy Watkins is back this week and Antonio Brown is back. So that's going to reduce the playing time of a lot of the, the the guys that may be rotational players, potentially. I mean, there's a chance that Watkins is in 100%. But when he does play, he tends to run routes on about three-quarters of plays. Those are directly coming from Hardman, Marcus Robinson, and Pringle. So I'm a little less optimistic about the other pass catchers in Kansas City I, based on like this idea that Watkins is fully healthy. So maybe Watkins would be my my sleeper pick. You got to scroll down pretty far to, to find him. He's below guys like Gronk, the kickers, uh, just based on the multiplier. So um, maybe that would be my my sleeper pick. Are you interested in, I guess, let's talk about some of these Chiefs secondary pass catchers because I think you're right there that maybe uh, there there's a bit of a squeeze, but we still see you know guys like Demarcus Robinson getting a decent projection with the 2.45x. Hardman, the, you know, a decent multiplier on him as well looks pretty good. The 2x on him. Um, are these guys ones that you would get even a little bit of then if you're worried about them getting squeezed? or And I guess do you have a lean between them if you're going to play any? Because I think my lean would still be Hardman, though I do see that we have uh, Demarcus Robinson projected a little bit better. Hardman, I just feel like, you know, just him being sort of a gadgety player. Those are the kind of guys that have like one or two big plays in a Super Bowl, and I think that does appeal to me but just relative to exposures alex how much of these guys do you think you would want you know and obviously a very general ballpark way of looking at it yeah i think hardman he's always a a interesting guy in fantasy because he has that big play upside like you're saying he gets targeted a lot more than demarcus robinson when he's out on the field uh hardman's been targeted on 17 percent of routes where robinson has been targeted on 11 percent, which is a pretty low mark but Robinson's playing time over the season has been better. 
on the season. He just ran routes on 71% of plays, while Hardman's ran routes on 50%. So that's kind of the trade-off. I think that they're very close, and Hardman's a much more popular player because of his big play potential. So I wouldn't mind taking some shots on Robinson, just hoping he can find his way into the end zone, even though he's not a big fancy upside player. So one question that I would have here, and this is sort of a general lineup build question, but because of the fact that you can play these guys and it's not going to completely construct your salary like it will on some of the other single game formats, do you foresee yourself having a vast majority of lineups with both Brady and Mahomes because of the fact that you know a high total game here, really a chance to be the highest scoring Super Bowl ever? I think the highest total is 57, if I'm remembering correctly, and we do have the 55.5 over under here. So... To me, it seems like a spot where it's going to be tough to do that on DraftKings, on FanDuel to get these guys in. But on SuperDraft, you know, even if you're not putting them at captain, I would think that getting Mahomes and Brady a lot seems like the best option here, just even with the cheaper multiplier, the lower multipliers on these guys. But is that a build that feels like a trap to you, or is that one that seems sort of obvious? Because it seems to me obvious, but sometimes the obvious path, as we know in DFS, can be the one that is going to eat up a lot of the field right away. I'm kind of tempted to to steer clear of Brady and Mahomes in the captain spot on Superdraft because you you have uh, Kelsey with a 1.3 multiplier. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. And Hill with a 1.4 multiplier while Mahomes is at one. And I mean, the, the tricky part is like the projections all look the same, but the volatility on Kelsey and Hill is going to be higher because of that multiplier. So I feel like if Mahomes puts up a big score, one of those two will have a huge game too and probably be higher scoring than Mahomes with the multiplier. The same logic kind of applies to Brady where Godwin has a 1.65 multiplier to his 1.2. Evans is at 1.55 and AB is at two. So I think there's a very good chance that the receivers outscore the quarterbacks here. But uh, to one of your questions, I think putting Mahomes and Brady in the flex in the same lineup could be a, a... pretty good strategy if you uh if you want to play all pass catchers in the rest of the spots gotcha yeah so that's definitely one of the ways to make the correlations that we talked about earlier and i guess to co- it's kind of close the loop here we need to talk more about the tampa bay side though obviously we got another half hour here so we can talk about whatever we want here thanks to super draft <laughs> and make sure you're playing on superdraft.io or download super draft the app store promo code awesome 21 will get you a 50 dollar deposit match if you deposit 50 dollars. so do that easy way to get super cash right away and you can play it immediately just enters your account and then uh, play in some of these tournaments here they got a ton of money up for grabs even if you're not playing the super million big game 
game, which is the big one, a $4,000 entry fee, but 300K to first and decent chance of some overlay in that one. So if you are a big baller, feel free to take that one or take some of their other more achievable tournaments like the 100K Hail Mary, just 20K to first, $4 entry. I think that's one that uh, seems the most appealing to me for a bankroll, but uh, follow your heart here, plansuperdraft.io or download and tune in later today on the Live Before Lock show because we'll be doing a, a little giveaway, I guess, or giving details on a giveaway of 100,000 Caesars Rewards credits to one lucky winner. That's a $1,000 value. You can spend anywhere in the Caesars Empire, which is 50-plus properties and countless restaurants, partners, and more. And Alex, I know you were very intrigued by the, the rewards credits here, maybe trying to siphon some away for yourself <laughs> because uh, there are some spots here that I know you enjoy. So feel free to give a plug to your favorite Caesars Rewards establishment. <laughs> for sure. So... um I didn't know this, but the casino I always go to in the Chicago area, the Horseshoe in Hammond, Indiana, is a Caesars property. So I'm kind of scheming here. I'm like, if I can get enough Caesars rewards points to take my fiance out to a nice dinner or something uh, on the house, like maybe she'll be a little bit more keen on uh, my DFS playing all day. So that's my underlying motive for, for collecting these Caesars rewards points on Superdraft. Yeah, so play over on Super Draft. And again, the Caesars Rewards things is going to be really big for them. And they're trying to make sure to make it have some value for you guys right away. So uh, pay attention to what they're doing on Super Draft because they are really going out of their way to make sure that things are looking good for you guys as players. Um, so one thing that I think I'm just going to sort of try to put a bow on this uh, this Kansas City side where it looks very appealing. We all know that. But I think to me, one thing that jumps out, the 1.4x multiplier for Tyreek at the traditional spot compared to 1.3x for Travis Kelsey, along with the fact that we saw the bigger day for Tyreek earlier in the year. Um, obviously, the, the massive day that he had where basically had one of the best days of the year within one quarter. I, you know, I think it's sort of a question here, Alex, where the field is going to be very heavy on Tyreek, I think, at the captain spots and at the flex spots. But is he the first guy you would look at to, I don't know about get away from, but maybe get less of or just using a flex instead of the captain because of the fact that he's so obvious that I, I think that that sort of cuts into his value immediately. Yeah, Tyreek Hill, I mean, he kicks ass, but I do prefer Kelsey just a little bit. I feel like Tyreek Hill... The I mean the difference between them is that Kelsey he catches more of his passes and he's targeted a little bit more. So that just makes him a more reliable fantasy option. But uh Tyreek has more of those flashy big plays. But I just my general sense is that Tyreek Hill busts a lot more than Kelsey. Is that kind of how you feel about the two? So normally, yes, I do think that Kelsey's volume is a little more reliable, but the issue is that I just really don't believe in this Tampa Bay defense at all, especially the secondary. You know, for me, I really don't believe that that they can stop Tyreek. And that's sort of where the, the tough part of it comes, where we look at the data, we look at all that stuff. And that's always been part of my battle is like, Hey, here's what I feel from uh, watching all the games and paying attention and, you know, having followed the, the chiefs and having followed the bucks defense all year. Um, so to me, you know, I don't believe that they can stop Tyreek, but I agree like on a conceptual level that, like, it just seems like Tyreek is so obvious for if you pull up a box score. Like, that's always the way I think about it is if there's a casual player playing, they pull the box score, they look at Tyreek Hill, they're going to immediately see, oh, yeah, he had 50, whatever, 60 fantasy points against the same team and during the season. So that's going to make him much more valuable. And that, to me, always makes me want to believe in Kelsey more. But I think it's still like I would rather have Kelsey than at the captain spot, but still get Tyreek in into flex. 
Dude, I forgot that game was against the Bucks. That yeah. that was one of the wildest games this year. Wasn't that like a fantasy record or something? I don't know if it was a record, but I think it might have been a record for like within the first half because he oh, had okay. basically his entire day, and then and then they just like hauled him off in the second half where they, um, you know, just really. I mean, I, he was also probably covered a little better. It did seem like they sent a little more his way, but but it, you know, it's still Tyreek like and with his speed. Uh, I don't know. I just think that to me. People will remember that day or they'll see that big day when just pulling up his page. And then as a result, that's going to lead to Tyreek being liked even more, even though I think he should be liked more. And that's where I think I would favor Kelsey, even though it's to me not the better play, uh, just on a pure you know talent and opportunity basis. Definitely. Yeah, I, uh, I'm not weighing that, that point too heavily that he had a big day versus the box, although that is encouraging for sure. So, I mean, you can't go wrong with Tyreek Hill. He's a fantastic player, but I don't think he's a lock at all in in fantasy this week. Yeah, so I think that's a fair way to look at it. And um, I know I'll have more lineups with Tyreek than not, but I do think, you know, treating him uh, maybe a little bit less valuable as a number one option might be the move. And, um, you know, it's going to be tough, I think, on Superdraft. The 1.4x to the 1.3x for Kelsey could be a difference maker in those lineups. So, um, that's that's one. Any dart throws at all here, Alex? I know we've, we've sort of talked about the concept of dart throws not being as viable here, but you know the I, I just feel like we have to cover it because people see the prop bets for the Anthony Shermans of the world, the Nick Kaisers, uh, <laughs> Byron Pringle, who I know you've enjoyed from time to time, who does get his random routes and does get a catch or two. These guys are normally not the most in play on a DraftKings or a FanDuel showdown, but on Superdraft as well, I just want to get your, your final opinion here, your final take. Um, are these guys mostly out of play for you if not entirely. Yeah, I was hoping you wouldn't bring up Anthony Sherman because that's my lock button play of the week. <laughs> those, <laughs> full, yeah. those fullback dump-offs and one-yard carries will always get you going. <laughs> I think if I'm going to gamble on uh, some guys like that, it might be in sportsbook because like, uh, in fantasy, they, like really the only way to, to get a big fantasy score is to have a lot of successful plays. And... No, like just getting a touchdown on a fluke play doesn't get done usually. You need like like four catches and a touchdown or or something like that. So that makes it hard. Like the dart throws I'd be going to might be like I kind of like Sammy Watkins. He's got this questionable tag, um, but they've said he's playing this week, so I feel pretty optimistic that it's not coming down to the wire. He's got a really high multiplier, and I'm just kind of thinking that once people get to Scotty Miller, uh, Chad Henney, Cameron Brait, OJ Howard, maybe they'll stop scrolling down and just kind of lock in their lineup. So I feel like maybe people don't scroll down far enough to get to Sammy Watkins, but is, do you think there's any chance he goes a little bit under the radar? I think so. I mean, I think the fact that he has missed a few games and that I, I think, you know, you do have uh, Hardman again, jumping out to me with the multiplier, but but Watkins certainly seems like a guy who, even if he's hurt, even if he's running a little bit less than he would normally um, still seems like he should be in the mix of the 2.4 X multiplier on him is, uh, is he actually, is that better than Hardman? Yeah. He's got a number better than Hardman. Like I think 
I'm with you. I think that people will go to Hardman and kind of think like I do, like, oh, he's the gadget guy and it's Super Bowl. They're going to break out whatever play that Andy Reid has had in the back of his head for a while. But just Watkins being out there and dedication, you know, maybe double teams, people in the YouTube chat right now talking about how it's tough to double team Tyreek, but it doesn't mean they won't try to send a safety over the top to keep Tyreek under some degree of control. And if that's the case, you could see Watkins find more room because like, who are you going to worry about covering? You're going to worry about covering Tyreek and be worried about covering Kelsey and Watkins could just get opportunity just by being out on the field with those two guys. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, Watkins is he's an interesting character because he was at one point like a top talent wide receiver but he just because of all the injuries never quite made it but having being on a team with Tyreek and and Kelsey can't hurt so I think that he's a very intriguing guy yeah and then for whatever it's worth for these matchups against cornerbacks which I think you know some people believe in some people don't and I think for the most part we are on the side of not but uh, worth pointing out that according to PFF Sammy Watkins seems likely to be covered by Carlton Davis who is the guy that uh, did not do a fantastic job covering a lot of guys throughout the playoffs even though he's their shadow corner which is one of the odder things in the league um, Tampa Bay side and guys we appreciate I hustle for it DFS setting into super chat thank you for doing that on this sponsored show we appreciate it a bunch and we also appreciate all you guys watching and uh, talking in here and uh, people talking to Marcus Robinson back today. He's back, but I think, you know, the expectation still, and I guess we could talk about this for a second. Robinson, you would think running still behind Watkins, right? Even with the weeks out, like Robinson and Hardman, I think even if they get a little bit of a boost in routes, it still would seem like Sammy should get a substantial amount more, right? Definitely. Yeah. I mean, we can go back to the last game where all of them played. Um, so in, in games where they're all healthy, Watkins was seeing between 75 to 90% of uh, plays on passing plays. And Robinson was in the 54 to 80% range. And this four-game stretch I'm looking at, Hardman was between 33 and 45%. So the playing time was pretty clear that Robinson was number three, Hardman was number four, and Byron Pringle only saw a couple of snaps in each of those. Yeah, so I think the expectation uh, would be a heavy Watkins uh, amount of time here, even if he is coming off the injury. Uh, still seems like a decent or a very likely probability of him being uh, very in the mix here. Probably more than people realize, especially with that multiplier on him. Uh, yeah, we've I mean, kind of nickel and dimed and, and cut all the slivers here of Kansas City, but let's talk Tampa Bay, Alex, because I, I think we need to dig into this side a bit more. And right away, more, what is your... Go ahead. One more data point here. Yeah, so sir. this season, Watkins missed weeks 6 through 11. But then the game he came back, he played 74% of snaps. So that is an encouraging sign that if he's back, they're probably going to run him out there a good amount. Yeah, that's a good point. And uh, I think that's actually a good, good analogy coming off the injury. Um, and this is a Super Bowl, too. So I think, you know, maybe you could expect even a little bit more because of guys pushing themselves. Like Sammy Watkins doesn't have to worry about next week. He just has to worry about getting through uh, this spot for, for Sunday. So we'll see how that goes. Um, I'm curious your thoughts, though, about the Kansas City side or the going against Kansas City's defense for the Tampa Bay side of the equation. Um, because Mike Evans has really been the guy with the touchdown equity throughout the year. Chris Godwin, uh, certainly a guy who can rack up targets, can also get some of the deep plays when Mike Evans is being well covered. Uh, the whatever it's worth, people who care about the defense, the uh, Kansas City side expected to have Lajarius Sneed back in, though that's one 
Um, you know, who knows how that'll go over the weekend, but it does seem like that's the way blowing for their rookie who's been a very big part of their defense. But overall, um, I think I would still favor Mike Evans here, and I'm going to pull up the multipliers again just to make sure. Uh, Mike Evans, to me, uh, I think always the preferred play to Godwin throughout the year, and that could be a mistake overall, especially given the fact that you do have Godwin projected better with the 1.65x multiplier on him. But where are you leading between the big two here uh, for the Bucks in a spot that you'd have to expect they're going to get a lot of passing volume, whether they have the lead or not? Yeah, it's tricky because Godwin on the year has been the better player. But Mike Evans, he seems like he has a nose for the end zone. And that's not anything that we shouldn't expect because Mike Evans is 6'5", while Godwin is 6'1". The extra height really does give you an advantage in the short yardage passes. So I think that that evens the playing field a little bit where I think it might be hard to, to really pick between them. I'm looking at some props here, and the sports book I'm looking at has Godwin at 77 and Evans at 63. But I do feel like the touchdown gap between them does kind of even that out. So I'm kind of left looking at them pretty equally. And then Godwin has a little bit higher of a multiplier. And that might be the difference maker where I'd lean a little bit to Godwin. Yeah, I, I think it's fair. And, uh, you know, Mike Evans, I, the, the touchdowns have been there and he's getting uh, throughout the year had 2.6 red zone targets to 1.5 for Godwin, uh, 0.9 end zone targets per game to 0.5 for Godwin. So it's it's not a gigantic edge. And I do think that uh, with the multiplier and with Godwin's ability to rack up more targets, um, I, they're both very strong plays. And I think it's a matter of what are you you have to have a mix of both. I think is really the main thing. If you're putting in multiple lineups, I think that, um, you know, getting close to even shares seems like the move because Tom Brady's going to throw to whoever's open. I think it's going to depend a lot on that, that Kansas city scheme on their side. Um, we talked about Antonio Brown a lot. And for him, you know, certainly a guy who has had some rapport with Tom Brady throughout the year, two X multiplier on him. And I guess I'll ask you the first question here. Uh, Godwin Evans, obviously in play at captain with their multipliers, with the fact that wide receivers do tend to be more volatile and have that upside uh, for that captain spot. But um, are you willing to go to Antonio Brown as captain coming off the injury? Uh, also some not great media headlines about him. Not that that matters for him, given that he continues to, to thrive relative to that. Uh, even when he leans in on all of his victim stuff, um, he's still in the mix heavily and I guess going to be out there. So is he in play for you at captain or is he more of a flex guy? I mean, I'm kind of, I, I like Antonio Brown, a, a captain, I guess. Um, I mean, we got to talk about how he's going up against his former TV teammate, Le'Veon Bell. Uh, so we got a little bit of an interesting uh, dynamic there. I think um, maybe Antonio Brown will try a little bit harder. <laughs> no, I'm just joking around. But um, the, the one thing about Antonio Brown is his playing time hasn't been that great. He's been on the field between like 60 and 70% of the time in most games. And uh, the one thing that makes up for it is he's targeted at a higher rate when he's on the field than Evans and Godwin. And that's kind of the intriguing dynamic where if he plays a little bit more than we're expecting, I think he could. he's more effective on a play per play basis. And that gives you a little bit more variance than Evans and Godwin, who are out there every single play, and there's no upside for them to, to play more. Yeah, I think that's that's a fair way to look at it. And the multiplier on Brown seems worthwhile. And, uh, you know, I just I find it hard to believe he has a ceiling of the other guys. Even, you know, coming off of a knee injury, too. I, I, there's enough things there that would uh, push me a little bit away from Brown and more towards Evans and Godwin. But 
Um, you know, I think there's room for, for Brown in the flex. And certainly, uh, as we talked about earlier, the Scotty Millers of the world, uh, the, the Tyler Johnsons of the world, probably not going to be viable now with Brown. And I, you would think too, right, Alex, that Brown mostly squeezes those guys out of the rotation for the most part, even with the knee injury. Like, I, I just find it hard to believe that Brown is not going to push it to the limit here. Um, kind of, you know, a vintage Super Bowl that we could reference here or big game even that we could reference uh, with Terrell Owens that uh, I feel like these guys here playing in the Super Bowl, getting that shot, uh, they're willing to go out there even if their limbs are dangling. And I think that to me would be Antonio Brown as well. Definitely. I mean, uh, unless he's inactive, I'm probably not going to look at Scotty Miller and Tyler Johnson. Um, so the way it shook out last week, Scotty Miller played half of the snaps. Tyler Johnson played 30%. But then if you go back just a week before to when Antonio Brown was in, they were both at 20%. So the chance that they both get there if Brown is active is very low. Uh, what about the tight ends here? Because people are curious about Gronk at a, at a captain spot here. And let me just check Gronk's captain multiplier because that is not in front of me. His captain multiplier is 3.45x. He's been a guy who um, has been, I, I guess, mostly a blocker throughout the playoffs. We've seen Cameron Brait have some upside in his spot. Do you think it'd be a situation where you'd be willing to go back to Gronk in, in the Super Bowl, given that we're in this big game? See, I don't even know. Can we say Super Bowl for the actual game talk? Or is it only, <laughs> it's only for ad reads we have to say big game? Game, right <laughs> i didn't get the memo man <laughs> so whatever i'm gonna go it interchangeably here for the rest of it but um we have seen cameron Braid have more pass game work than gronk gronk being used for his blocking ability a lot so far and the chiefs you know not a great pressure team by any stretch but still uh, you know 24 percent pressure rate for them you would think maybe gronk is needed to block a bit more are you willing to go to Gronk or Brait as a captain just, you know, to have one way of getting different and, and Gronk, especially given the downturn we've seen? Well, I think that Gronk and Brait are in play. Uh, I have them as far as projection at about two thirds of the, the top players are about 60%. So that, that's kind of the fringe of playable. The one thing about Gronk is I feel like he's always a little bit higher on than he should be just because he's got that name brand. And I have to admit, I mean, I, uh, I'm kind of a Gronk fan, especially after his appearance as the White Tiger on The Masked Singer. Um, but in DFS, I'm not really on him this week, I think, because I just feel like your average guy is going to be a little bit excited to play him. Yeah, I mean, I think certainly you can look at the results so far throughout the playoffs and, you know, Bray running more routes, Bray getting more targets. Like, I think the wind is blowing towards Bray again. Um, but, you know, certainly, and I agree, like the casual interest here, I guess, is, is that the only guy, Alex, that you would feel like gets a downgrade because of the casual interest? I think Gronk with the pedigree, with the name value, you know, even people in the chat here, um, it's very much chiming up about Gronk. But I, I, I agree with you. Like, I think if we're t- looking purely at casual player narratives, I would worry that Gronk's a bit overowned because of that reason. So is he one guy? And is there anybody else who kind of fits that criteria for you? So one encouraging thing about Gronk is last week, or sorry, the, the last game, he ran routes on 60% of plays to braids 34%. So that was just one more data point that kind of established that there's a good chance he's going to be out there a good amount. But I just don't think his results this year have been particularly excellent. He's uh, run routes on 60% of plays, which is about average for a tight end, been targeted on 18% of those. So it's just basically like a worse uh, 
version of Antonio Brown, who's running routes on the same number of plays but being targeted way more. So on a slate where a slate where we don't have to to really go out of our way to get a tight end, he's not going to be a very big priority for me. Uh, and yeah, that's a good point, actually, Brad. I didn't realize I only ran 12 routes in uh, the AFC title game compared to 23 for Gronk. Uh, the targets, though, five to one. So uh, is Bray somebody that would jump out to you as uh, a potential fade here because of the fact that the routes have been uh, did come down for him there? And you know, maybe that's something that people, myself included, just yeah, I, I think I might have seen this and just forgot about it and then just went like, yeah, Bray, that's he's the mm-hmm. one running all the routes. But I do think that's one play here where based on the volume and Brown coming back, a break to me would be one guy, uh, you know, decent multiplier on him on super draft, but I really don't feel like Brait is going to have the same opportunity he's had. And that would worry me about break. Cause I think people may again, chase that box score and some of the results he's had and, and the narrative that I just mentioned. Yeah, it was only one game, but it wasn't anything surprising because earlier in the year, I mean, he wasn't playing that much. It was really the the last three weeks before the conference championship that he had been running around a lot more routes. So I think we got to just go back to our priors. That great is kind of a a very deep flyer in fantasy at this point. Yeah, so uh, definitely one thing to keep in mind here and maybe a bit of fool's gold for some of the people out there. Um, there was one chat here, which I wanted to know. I like how no one is on Tyler Johnson when Mike Evans and Chris Godwin and Brown are all made of glass and injury prone, says David in the YouTube chat, uh, spinning some narratives, spinning with that. Um, are you, <laughs> how, how do you feel about takes like this one? And, and does that make you less inclined to get any Tyler Johnson or Scotty Miller? Because I mean, Scotty Miller, I think there's a slightly better case for, but uh, still really two guys who are very flimsy, especially on super draft. Are you willing to mostly to go an entire fade of those guys just because of the fact that, uh, you know, people aren't, I don't know people are maybe a little more into them than they probably should be. And especially the narratives like that one, where every player is going to get injured and Tyler Johnson has a <laughs> massive day. So in the NFL, the probability that a player gets injured is on average about 4%. Uh, I mean, if there's some guy that, like, maybe there's some sort of lingering injury, that there could be a higher percent chance, but I don't really see that here. So um, I don't think it's a significant enough chance because you got to hit the parlay that the injury happens and then the guy that isn't very good, like, has a huge day. So that combination of events isn't really something I'm going to be planning for. I'm just going to cross my fingers and hope that all the guys that we're expecting to play, play about the amount we're expecting. And uh, I I don't, I don't really think Scotty Miller or Tyler Johnson are in play because like, even if one of the receivers is injured, they still have a timeshare. So it's just not a very good fantasy situation. At about three minutes left in the show here, and we'll give our final takes. And we'll, let's give a fade of the Super Draft slate, too. But make sure you guys get to get the good plug in for Super Draft because, A, look, they, they are somebody that, um, you know, Ricky over there has been a guy that had really been fantastic to us and been very kind to me, too, behind the scenes. And uh, somebody who's really done a good job helping with this Super Draft team, get you guys better deals, get you guys better prize pools, get you guys more money. And the Caesars Rewards uh, deal that they have now should put even more of that into the ecosystem. They have gigantic tournaments. We talked about them earlier, a decent 
chance of these ones overlaying, but if you have four grand laying around and you want to enter the super million big game, the decent chance of that overlaying with 300k to first and only 267 entries in that one. The Hail Mary, though, if you're a person who just wants to spend a normal amount of money and doesn't want to throw four grand in, uh, $4 entries in the Hail Mary, 100k guaranteed prize pool, 20k to first. They also have their red zone, which is 100k, $20 entry, also a 20k to first and a smaller uh, field on that one. But lots of great deals for you guys over at superdraft.io or if you download Superdraft in the app store. So use that promo code AWESOMO21. Get the free money for yourself. They'll deposit match up to $50. So put in 50 bucks to give you $50 in super cash right away. And that's going to be money that you can play immediately and, and probably have a decent chance at cashing and winning some more back for yourself with their contest this weekend for the big game. So make sure that you are uh, playing over at superdraft.io as we get messages about a betting show. This, this Apple <laughs> notifications are killing me here. I don't need to know right now. Uh, but go check that out. Uh, we got one minute here, Alex. So let's give your fade of the Super Bowl on Super Draft, obviously. So on uh, on DK, on FanDuel, they can't hold you to the fire here. But who is your fade of Super Draft? I would say um, maybe my fade would be Gronk, just because I feel like he's still he's got that name value, and I don't think he's that great a fantasy player. My pivot would be going to. Um, one of the kickers because I feel like no one loves playing a kicker, but then you throw in the multiplier and they're a lot more intriguing and enticing. So I'm kind of feeling the kickers and hoping that maybe the game isn't as exciting as we're hoping. So uh, who's your fade? I think for me, I think based on what we talked about, I, I'm kind of talking myself into Cameron Brait. I think that um, people may chase him a little bit more. And, uh, you know, I still think okay to get a little bit in the flex. But for me, just looking at the results, looking at what we've seen, and Brown coming in to squeeze him even more, um, I think he's one guy that I would have some concern going off in a meaningful way here. Uh, last plug, go to superdraft.io. Download Superdraft for the App Store. Promo code's awesome 21 Alex, what are the plugs for you? What shows do you have coming up for our, our final stretch here before the big game? Yeah, definitely. Um, so, I mean, we have our live before lock coverage, and then I'm a little bit day to day with the schedule. So, let me pull I think that you're up. on the Lofty Ben show, the usual Sunday show, okay. I believe. Awesome. Yeah. yeah, yeah so, so we're, yeah, we're going to be talking about all the ins and outs of, of the game, breaking down all the players, and we got a lot of other yeah, football so the, shows we've been doing this week. So, should be a good one. Yeah, Alex is going to have some great takes on that show. I believe we have three hours of content for uh, the big game on Sunday where it'll be, I believe, Greg and Kyle starting, then Ben, Laffey, and Alex doing the usual deeper dive show. And then I think it's me and Josh taking you down to the home stretch. So watch that. And tune in later today, NBA. It'll be me and Terry McBride doing another half hour for Super Draft NBA. So if you are a Super Draft stand, have no fear that we're going to have a lot of content for you guys. Make sure to check out the NFL Express packages at osmo.com slash join where you can get all the NFL data here for just the big game for the Super Bowl for just a few bucks. So make sure to get in on that at Osmo.com slash join. And uh, we'll be back with you guys again very soon. So thanks for watching and play on Super Draft. Bye, guys.